there. It's Coach C, Christine Nielsen, and welcome to the Coach C podcast. And this is our second set in our Women in Transition series. Somebody recently asked me, what are women in transition? Uh, is that someone who's going through a change from being a woman to a man or a man to a woman? And I said, no, <laughs> women in transition are everywhere. And you are probably a woman, if you're a woman listening to this, and you've gone through any kind of change, whether you're looking to get married, whether you're getting a new job, whether you're moving countries, whether you've gone through a health scare or you've had a baby, that's what transition is. And uh, recently, I worked with my two partners, uh, Sibel Joshkener of RBC Wealth and uh, Shelly uh, Carla of uh, Calra Law. And uh, we did a Women in Transition event, and it was so successful and so extraordinary. We had such an incredible response that we decided to create a podcast series and talk about the different elements of transition of women who go through different kinds of change. And so we've invited Sibel Joshkener of RBC uh, Dominion Wealth here today, and she's going to discuss with us a lot about her her transitions and some of the things that she's gone through, as well as how she empowers and helps women. So I'm really excited to have you here today, Sibel. Thank you so much for joining us on Coach C's podcast, and this is the second set. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, actually, and congratulations pronouncing my name so well. <laughs> I work really hard at that, just so you know. <laughs> yes, thank you. I am used to be called Sybil Koskuler, and I'm fine with that. You know, That's okay. <laughs> um, yes, I am Sibel Joshkunar, and uh, I'm with um, RBC Dominion Securities. I'm an investment advisor. Uh, I help individuals, families, corporations, and charities to achieve their financial goals, uh, and I use wealth management solutions to be able to do that. Nice. Um, I've been doing wealth management for more than 20 years, and most of the 20 years uh, was in Europe. Yes. And I um, set up the wealth management office in Istanbul, Turkey for Citibank as a part of their Switzerland and London uh, offices. Mm -hmm. And I did the same thing afterwards for Deutsche Bank. I set up the wealth management office for Deutsche Bank in Istanbul as a part of Deutsche Bank Switzerland. Amazing. And then afterwards, I did uh, it for RBC. I set up RBC's private banking office in Turkey and ran as country manager uh, as a part of RBC Switzerland. Phenomenal. So ladies and gentlemen, when you're listening to this podcast, you know we have someone who knows their stuff. Okay. <laughs> Sibel, and for so many years. Yeah, experience and knowledge and international exposure. And I think that's really phenomenal because there are so many women who listen to this podcast that are international. We're not just a Canadian podcast. We are an international podcast. So it's really helpful to understand that you have all of that exposure and experience in different countries in the arena of wealth management, but also as a woman and, and raising your own career, establishing yourself in your career, establishing who you are. That, that's very important. I find that really intriguing. Tell us a little bit about your story. Um, actually, before telling my story, maybe if we go back to women, because the yes. topic is women in transition, um, I dealt with women for so many years, and I'm still dealing with them, and I found out that all those transitions that we talked about in mm -hmm. the seminar, and now we will be talking about, are all the same all around the world. They are. They yes. are. It doesn't change, what, no matter what the cultural difference is, no matter what the background is, it's exactly the same and the, the feelings are the same too yes because with those transitions 
the issues you struggle with and the feelings you struggle with. And they are very, very similar. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, um, a very good starting point to assess those and to understand and, and help them. I love um, that. I love that you, you understand the emotional response to change. Exactly. So many of us, while we're going through some kind of transition, we're not even understanding our own feelings about it. Let al- so it helps to have other women empower us to have us kind of unpeel that and understand mm-hmm. that these are normal experiences, these are normal feelings, and they're okay to have. And when yes. you can point to them and understand, it's like, oh, that's how I feel, and you share that with another person who understands those feelings, it actually lifts the burden, if there is a burden involved. Or it elevates the excitement, or it brings clarity to the person who's going through that transition and change, especially if they're harder ones. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And being a woman who went through those most of those transitions myself, yes. <laughs> personally... Uh, so I can do empathy and understand those feelings. And we are all human beings. And yes. we have to have those feelings. Yeah. That helps us to come a strong person. We, we call that, that a festival of feelings around here. Have your <laughs> festival of feelings. It's okay. Very nice. I like that. <laughs> you could steal it. Yeah. And um, the, the, the original question you asked to me that how... Tell us about your story. So you've, story. you've had several transitions. So you've yes. gone through from being in Istanbul... Mm-hmm. And doing the banking and, and elevating your career. And then you, uh, you got married. You mm-hmm. also came to Canada. And there were some story with us. And tell us about that. Sure. Um, actually, I am industrial engin- an industrial engineer by education. Amazing. Uh, and I had my master's in industrial engineering. And after my education, I went to banking industry right away. Because I um, thought that this financial engineering is something that drives me and I should be doing this rather than working in a factory. Yes. So since then I was always in uh, with with the banking industry. I started with Citibank Corporate Bank first and then I became the vice president in charge of uh, the Aegean region mm-hmm. for the corporate side of the bank. Um, and during that time I got a job offer from the, the wealth management side of the bank. They right. said why don't you set up the wealth management office in Turkey for Citibank. Can we talk a little bit about at that time in your career when you chose, you're an industrial engineer and the typical industrial engineer goes into manufacturing Mm -hmm. and you went, that's not for me. And you made a different choice. Were there a lot of women in your country at the time making the choice to go into wealth management or were you kind of on the frontier of that? Actually, um, I was quite frontier in that. Mm-hmm. Um, many of the graduates of my, my school um, were going to the industry, as you said. That's yes. the natural path to, to follow. Um, but I, I got involved with the business side. And yes. I had so many electives from the, the business school of my university when I was doing my master's. Right. And I combined my master's degree, master's thesis, um, with I, I designed a model for a factory, uh, but this model was using price recovery profitability formulas yes. for different parts of this cooperation, different part of 
manufacturing facilities. Right. So I work together with the, the business side yes. uh, of the university and I um, put it together. Mm-hmm. So I found out that I am very much involved with, uh, and I found out that you come up with designs and everything, finally somebody cancels it and they say there's no money for it. Right. <laughs> that happens a lot exactly. in business. That happens a lot in manufacturing. Yeah. We have a great idea. We want to get lift exactly. off and then they uncover, oh, we don't have any money to support that. Exactly. And so, so you moved into the banking side and you created a lot of uh, extraordinary opportunities. You went into the wealth side and tell us a little bit more about, you know, you went from these banks uh, in Europe. How did you come to Canada? Um, when I was working for RBC, I found out more about Canada and mm-hmm. I applied for um, immigration, for skilled worker immigration. Yes. Um, and I forgot about it. So after three years, I um, got the invitation, and my daughter was um, four four years old at that time. So I said that maybe this is one of the nice gifts that I can give her. Um, It's uh, it's nice to have dual passport. Yes. And it's nice to have um, to raise a child to be a world citizen. Yes. And it's nice to have uh, good worldwide opportunities in education. And I said, if I'm going to do it, I should do it when she's young, so it's easier for her to adapt. Amazing. Um, my part wasn't that easy, though. Her part was very easy. Yes. Uh, my part that I had to discover everything from scratch. Um, but I understand the new immigrant psychology very well, because I went through that. Before you go there, because that's very important, and I really <laughs> want to touch on that, but you you just skipped over about four transitions that, that women go through. Yes. One is your career and, mm-hmm. and changing that. And then the second one is, you know, you'd made the decision, you got married, you had a child. Yes. And then I believe in your case, you had a divorce. Yes. And was the divorce before or after you moved to Canada? Before. Before. So now you're a single mom, having a career, running all of these this financial... In, for RBC mm-hmm. in Istanbul, mm-hmm. and then you get the call to be welcome to Canada, and you're you're making that choice. You're in that moment, and you have a young daughter, and your vision for her life and her future is what? What was that? Um, actually, I did the move for her, yeah. to be honest, because for me, it's starting everything from scratch. Yes. wasn't a good idea for you. No, it yeah. was a terrible idea for me. Um, but for her, I think it was um, the right time. I thought it's the right time and right thing to do. Um, the challenges were being a single mom, being all alone, and I don't have any family members or relatives here, yeah. a few friends only at the beginning, and that was it. Um, but I said, if I don't do it now, I might regret in the future. Mm-hmm. And why not to try? If it doesn't work, we'll come back. Right. So that was my starting point. Yeah. And then everything worked well, actually, so so far. Um, her part was much easier than <laughs> me, for sure. Yeah. Um, my part, at the beginning, I didn't want to go to the finance industry right away because there are a lot of things for me to settle in, get to know the country, yes. get to what know the What were some of those steps? So you had to set, you came to Canada, you a new immigrant and a, and a single mom. So what were some of the first steps that you took that other women might be going through as well? So women going through, you know, they're bringing their families over, maybe they have a husband with them, maybe they don't, Mm -hmm. but that change. What are some of the first things you recommend people to do and what did you do? Actually, I 
I, I see that the newcomers are asking me so many questions and mm -hmm. I understand all those questions because at the beginning you want to figure out everything. So at the beginning, if you team up with the right people in yes. every angle of your life, then, um, then you're safe. I was very lucky actually to meet with the right people yes. who will um, do the coaching for me to getting adapted to a new country to learn more and everything. Um, actually, before we moved, I went to um, a, a, a psychologist and I checked for my daughter what I should be doing for her to get adapted easily to yes. Canada. And to my surprise, she said that bring something from her room. If you can't move the whole you know, furniture, the whole house, at least some items that she likes a lot and this house will be a continuation of what she had in Istanbul new. Mm -hmm. and then she also said that try to cook the same kind of food because the taste um, in her memory yeah. in her memory is so important that it should be the continuation the food and she was three at the time four four she was yeah. four and this is so much true for myself as well yeah. I found out that I, I brought furniture not all but some right mood uh, my paintings and yes. you know a lot of things so I felt quite at home Good. and um, I it's important to to when you're creating a new home to bring things exactly. that you know some women have to leave homes and there's nothing they're bringing nothing with them other mm -hmm. women can bring the whole house and in your case it was you know a selection. selection and and that gave you comfort it gave you familiarity it allowed you to make that change mm -hmm. with some ease exactly of those it 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 seems like a small thing that you said, but it's actually a really big deal mm -hmm. where not everything is completely brand new and not in, and unfamiliar. And I think that's interesting for your child to have to go through that, your daughter to go through it as well as you. Interesting. Exactly. And then um, the rest was so quick, actually. It, it happened, the rest happened so so quickly. I tried to find the right school for my daughter mm -hmm. and we started with the school and I got friends at the school environment. I got yeah, to be friends with the parents. So first. important. Moms becoming friends with the moms of their children because that mm -hmm. really creates your community. Mm -hmm. Right? Wherever your children go to school, those parents are the ones that are helping you raise your child because they become friends, they go on play dates and you can rely on that community if you need a pickup or if you have if they go to the same after school care or whatever that is. I think that's critical exactly. to get that community of women um, and men, but mostly women do the, that primarily it's to get that community around you. Maybe easier for a woman mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. than men. Um, actually, I was very lucky. I made very nice friends, yeah. uh, very good friends through the parents of my you know, daughter's friends. And then, um, as I said at the beginning, I was trying to settle in and... Um, it was more than 10 years. Uh, I started as a hobby, but turned to a second profession for me. I'm an artist, visual yes. artist. Yes. I do paintings and um, it's contemporary mixed media. And um, so I said, maybe I should be involved with that. And a few of those parents, they came to me and they said, you do so beautiful paintings. And why don't you teach to our kids? I said, oh, I never taught, you know, and I'm an engineer. I, this is started as a hobby. Yes. Um, they said, no, 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 you're so good. You don't need to, you know, have the education in, in art or anything. Yeah. And we believe that you can teach our kids. I said, really? And then one day they came and they said, here are the four kids for you. You know, do it in your house. Do it here. Start. I said, why not? You know? Yeah. And I started 
And I had so much fun, and they had so much fun. That is amazing. And then it's word of mouth that this thing got bigger and bigger and bigger. And during that time, I started teaching art um, to uh, my daughter's friends, and you wow. know, around when I, when I was organizing my time around her. And I did two exhibitions. I joined Toronto Art uh, Expo, and mm-hmm. I joined. I did uh, uh, Riverdale Art Walk. Yes. So I. Um, it was okay for me. But it's to, different. You know, I mean, you're you're an engineer by training. Yeah. You're in wealth management. You've run large companies. And now you're teaching children art and you're practicing art. And it's such, that is such a change. And I love that, you know, that's the point. We go through those changes and it's, it's like a flow. Mm-hmm. This is where we are today. This is where we are now. And being with your child and being with your daughter and, and establishing yourself and doing something that was unpredictable, doing something that was completely different than what you were doing previously. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let me just open a bracket. People think that the job I do is very much um, math-oriented. You have to be good in math, numbers, and understand the macroeconomy, the dynamics and everything, mm-hmm. which is true. Those, those things are important. Important, but not enough. No. You have to have very good communication skills. You have to be able to do empathy. You have to be able to understand the feelings behind it. Yes. As you said, sometimes the clients doesn't know their feelings, but you um, make them reveal, help them to reveal those feelings. And then you help them not... The feelings not to get the control of yes. the actual thing should be should be done because actual thing should be done is rational, so mm-hmm. you have to do it without the feelings when it comes to the wealth management side. I love that you say that because often um, what I find with our clients is the when we're looking at finances because let's let's talk about finances when we're looking at wealth and wealth management and finances. There are two things that tend to run the show. One, it's our relationship to our finances and our wealth. And usually it's a judgment, an assessment, an opinion we have. We're good enough, we're not good enough. And often people collapse their identity into how much wealth they have, like their value, their personal value. And that can be very dangerous because then they're making emotional decisions on their wealth because it's collapsed with how they value themselves. And I think that's really important to talk about with clients. And that's a lot of the things that we do is help them understand your, your net worth is not your personal identity. It's not your value. Yes. It is money. It is your value on a balance sheet or in real estate. But who you are as a person is infinitely valuable. And you can't replicate that. Sure. And to remember that making wealth decisions is based on what are your goals? What are your financial objectives? Mm-hmm. And peeling apart the emotional side. You know, when do you start saving money? Now. Mm-hmm. You know, don't worry about the past. Something bad happened, you lost it all. Okay, great. Or something great happened and you have a lot of wealth or, you know, whatever that, whatever the thing is around your wealth, the, you know, have an advisor like yourself so that you're not making those emotional decisions. No. Or, or decisions based on, uh, I call this inherited wealth. So we inherit how we relate to money from our parents. We watched how our money, so if we had parents that were miserly or scrimped and scraped and didn't have a lot, that's how we'll relate to our wealth. Or we relate to wealth like it's abundant. So some people have an abundant relationship and some people have a very um, uh, uh, limited relationship with their, their wealth resources. To change those paradigms, 
that would be holding them back. They need someone like you in their lives to show them pathways and how to manage their wealth that is distinct from how they, what they inherited. And that's what we call that, which is, I think, really important and, and a point for you in what you do when you help yes. your clients. Yes, for sure. Um, actually, combining my background with um, the job I do now in North America will be good, you know, yeah. in this time of our conversation, maybe. Um, as I said, you need other skills to be able to do my job. And those other skills comes with your life experiences. Yes. And... Um, your work experiences and also art helped me a lot art is you know because if mm -hmm. you're using your right side of the brain and mm -hmm. right side of the brain helps you really to understand the emotions yes. and to be able to do empathy and everything so I was fortunate in that sense so after a while when we settled in both myself and my daughter and my daughter is you know when she started becoming more independent I said I have to go back to my wealth management business because I, this is something that I enjoy a lot. Mm -hmm. And I have this passion of sitting with people and helping them, helping them with their future financially. And I enjoy, because I'm an engineer and math and everything, I enjoy this side so much that it, um, it's a lot of you know, job satisfaction yeah. for me altogether. Yeah. Um, and I started to find out what I need to do. And I found out that the wealth management done here in North America is totally different than Europe. Right. Um, that was quite shocking for me. And then I needed to write maybe more than 20 exams. Re-educate re yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Get all those licenses, certifications mm -hmm. and everything. So it took a while as well. Yeah. For me to accept it took a while. And then because I said, I've been doing this for so long. Yes. Uh, for international, um, worldwide, uh, well-known banks. And why would I do this again? But then I found out that it's, it's good to do those because it's done in a different way here. Mm -hmm. And that's a nice way of learning it. You, know, yes. you have to um, educate yourself yes. to start with. And then afterwards, um, maybe it would be good for me just to briefly explain how this thing is done in Europe, and then I'll come to here. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, so there the advisor is like the conductor, so mm -hmm. advisor knows the clients, um, ev everything knows about the client, about um, the total wealth, the issues, fears, goals, objectives, and the ways to reach the goals, strategies, as an individual, as a family, or if it's a corporation, included the corporation. Right. And then um, the advisor works with a team of professionals. So when there's a need to design, let's say, the, the estate planning to, to do a trust or will, then the estate planning expert lawyer comes into picture. So mm -hmm. the advisor conducts, but the client only deals with one person, with the advisor. Right. Um, I found out that there is no such a thing here. It is um, so many people, yeah. and the client needs to deal with every individual. And this consolidated approach, which is called personalized comprehensive wealth management, although mm -hmm. sounds complex. No, but uh, that's what you brought to the table. So you exactly. literally took that model and you said, this is what's missing in the marketplace here, and I'm going to create that. Exactly. Amazing. And I said, I, I need to do this because this is what everybody needs. This will make uh, people are busy. This will make their lives easy. And it will be um, giving the right service and the total wealth, managing the total wealth structure. Mm -hmm. um, so with this um, approach, 
I tried to see how it can be done in um, the Canadian market. Yes. And um, RBC, it, it was my previous company, and I found out that RBC Dominion Securities gives you this ability by designing your team members, your yes. team, your partners. Um, within it's such an important word. So mm-hmm. whenever anyone is going through whatever change it is, whatever transition, whether you're starting a company, whether you've been established in a company or you want to reach that next level, whether you're a startup business it, or whatever that is, partnership is one of the most critical elements and who you partner with and that you have that team of resources available to you. And I, I like that you touched on that because a lot of women yes. starting business, let's, let's talk about, I want to move into okay. women in business and there's a lot of, uh, I think you told me a statistic about the number of women starting companies um, in, Canada. in Canada. And tell me a little bit more about 50% that. 50% of the startups mm-hmm. in Canada are led by are, women. Yes. So yeah. that's an amazing number. Yes. Uh, and it's growing. It is growing. And, and also women control, you know, a large percentage of the, of the wealth. So mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. we do the spending, we do the, you know, we understand how to manage the, the finances at the house. Um, or in our businesses, right? And some some of us are doing both of those things. So women do control and dominate in terms of there's, I think you told me the statistic is 64% of spending is done by women. Uh, Yes. And this is... And growing. Growing. Mm -hmm. And also in the wealth management industry, it's about 33% of the money is managed. um, The decisions are done by women. By women. Um, But in 10 years, it will be 50%. Yes. So the rise of women managing the wealth and managing the decisions around the finances Mm -hmm. is also happening too. Yes. What do you think it is that's contributing to the number of women going into startup businesses and being entrepreneurs? Uh, I think... Twofold. One is women are getting very well educated. Mm-hmm. Maybe the other statistics, which I found it very, you know, it's great, um, that 60% of the enrollments of master's degrees and yes. PhDs higher in education. Canada, higher education are by women. Yes. Uh, so women are getting educated. And we earlier discussed with you um, when we were doing our uh, panel, yes. Women in Transition, that there is a, a wage gap yes. uh, between um, male and female uh, yes. workers. About 25%. Exactly. Same skilled uh, set and same job, same mm-hmm. position, everything is the same by 25%. Uh, so they know they are good. So yes. they, and, and they can take, women can take risks. There is a mis perception that women cannot take risks as much as men, no. But women take calculated risks. They they take them differently, yes, I agree. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. they do a lot of research, they do all the analysis and everything, and then they take the risk. Some, not all women. Some some women (laughs) are wired more for being risk takers and they're out there Mm -hmm. and, but, but typically women do, in the past I think there was an aversion to risk uh, because there was a fear of I have you know economic stability with my family and how am I going to raise my children and feed my children now they know I think they become more confident and comfortable with if I don't take those risks then I can't provide for my family and I think that's Mm -hmm. the shift mentally that you're pointing to yes yeah yes for sure yeah all those statistics are quite average I mean uh, yeah when we talk about um average numbers but you're right in general uh, we are different than yes men. we think different for sure we think differently um, 
And every transition, actually, whatever the transition mm-hmm. is, comes with the financial plan. Yes. If you want to be um, through this transition in a smoother way, you have to have your financials in uh, planned rightly. And clarity and strategy. Clarity. Exactly, strategy. Mm-hmm. You know at least your situation, what you need to do, and if you have a gap there, you know how to fill this. Um, so it is important. Every transition starts with financial plan. What do you think some of the mistakes that women make in when they're looking at their wealth management and planning for their finances? What are some of the biggest mistakes you see? Uh, you mean in general or just, yeah. just women? Uh, well, in general. But in general, yeah. yeah. In general, actually, um, what I see is what needs to be assessed is the total wealth. When I do the total wealth analysis for my clients, I put everything mm-hmm. in it because your uh, real estate is a wealth, mm-hmm. your business is a wealth, and your um, real estate and maybe business investments in other countries also should be incorporated because mm-hmm. you have one wealth pocket. Right. So everything should be in that well calculated and well incorporated. Yes. And I think sometimes uh, in, in my clients, often what will happen in, um, some of the women that I deal with that are building their businesses, they've come from a transition, perhaps they've gotten a divorce and they're creating a new business or they're doing something. But during that process, sometimes they didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, They didn't understand what their finances were because their partner had taken care of it. And then all of a sudden they find themselves in a circumstance where my partner had all of the financial established and, and they were doing the trading, the investing, and the woman wasn't on top. They weren't, they weren't in charge of their own uh, destiny. And then when the marriage breaks down and they're looking at, I'm now in charge of everything, they're left with a lot of concerns and questions. You, I know you deal a lot with that. Tell me a little yes. bit about how do you help those, those women um, and what do you do? Actually, the, the two cases, one is the divorce case, mm-hmm. as you said, and the other one is to becoming a widow mm-hmm. is also the same. If you haven't... Um, yep. Those are big changes. Those your, are big transitions. Exactly, and you don't know where is your money, actually. That's the starting point. So those are very, very big challenges. And when I meet with my clients, if it's a family account, a joint account, I always meet with uh, both of them. Yes. I don't only meet with uh, the wife or the husband. I always ask them to come together. And I always want the wife to understand what's going on, yes. what we do, why, why we do, and what's the total wealth. So this knowledge will help a lot during the stage of transition. Um, so the woman will, will know where is the money, what is it, who's managing it, and if, if she can trust or she cannot trust. Exactly. So this is also important. Uh, to have the dialogue before will help to, to carry on. Um, and also maybe the other thing is um, to get directly involved. I mean, if not only knowing what is done and how it's done, I realize that women are willing to learn and uh, they can be the active team. As I said, this is yes. a team's work. Yes. You, know, you have your team and that's how you plan. Exactly. And um, your, your, your clients are the active team players. It's right. not the only husband. It must be the wife also, the active team player. Yes. And I, I realize that then when you give this opportunity, they come with more questions and then they are more active and then they are more planners. So then they ask, they start asking the right questions. Yes. 
I was recently at a um, a dinner where there where it was all women and a lot of high level business women CEOs running major funds, major companies, uh, investment companies, etc. And a lot more women in business are asking for money. So there's a lot where women tended not to do that before. We were more bootstrappy and, and trying to figure it out. And, and men knew how to go get the money. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing that shift with women in asking for investment dollars. And do you have any advice for people who are in business and, and understanding? It's like, what, what avenues could they take? Um, for example, let's, let's say a business owner or, or a woman is starting their business or has a business established, but they want to add a new level of portfolio. What, what things can they do? What are the things that you recommend? Actually, my process always starts with discovery. Mm-hmm. I make um, very long discovery meetings because you have to really understand the strategy, the objectives, and the ways to reach those strategy. And I always ask my clients, talk to me about your fears. Yes. So that's the starting yeah, point. Yeah, getting those fears out of the way, which is where we start exactly. with our clients too. Exactly. Yeah, because that's that's coloring everything. Mm-hmm. Fear colors everything. Exactly. And it's usually unidentified. It's not they're not walking around saying, I'm afraid of this, I'm afraid of that. No, it's under under the surface. And when you bring it to the surface, you can actually handle it in an empowering way so that then they can take action and once they get over those fears. So what are some of the things that through the discovery you would recommend like after they then, get through that yeah and then through discovery you find out the numerical stuff the yes. wealth you try to right. understand but total wealth all around the world and mm-hmm. you know all detailed right um and then with with all those information uh, we do the plan i i do the financial plan mm-hmm. and financial plan reveals um if there are other needs right if there is an if there is as i said for new business owners then a business owner planning needs to be done. Yes. And estate planning, will trust needs to be done. And if on top of all those, a tax planning is required. Yes. And I, in my team, I have uh, estate planning lawyers, tax planning lawyers. So I work, I conduct, as I yes. said earlier. So whatever the need is, right. we work together and design it for our client. And then I do the investments. Yes. I don't talk about investments up until this stage. Mm. This is critical. What do you think um, are the biggest challenges facing women going forward in terms of they've gone through a transition, they're looking at, you know, they're starting over or they've, they've got, you know, maybe they have an inheritance or they, whatever that is. What do you think their biggest, what do they have to deal with? Like from an emotional perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, we inherit twice. Mm-hmm. According to statistics, again, um, women outlive men. Yeah. In Canada, it's on the average by three years. Right. Um, it used to be somewhere in the year of like 10 to 15 years. It's, it's actually shrinking. but Shrinking, yeah. exactly. Uh, but still... It still happens. It yeah. still happens. So it is likely that at one point in life, you might stay yeah. alone. Right. And there are challenges there, that there's one income, I mean, the fears, if you will be able to continue with your lifestyle, mm. and then you have to plan and manage your whole estate, mm-hmm. and um, increasing costs with longevity, the health costs and everything, so those are the challenges. Yeah. On the divorce side, as we you know, discussed before, then you're, you're alone, then you have to shape up your life. And single income, and then you have to think about your own own retirement plan for that. Right. 
Um, so everything actually comes with the right planning yes. and saving. Yeah. Um, you can turn longevity to an um, asset, but you have to start saving and um, investing early. Yes. This is critical. So what I will advise to women, if they haven't been involved with their finances, right. I mean, if they the have married been couples, the bus, yeah. exactly. Okay. If they have... Um, their husband doing everything for them mm-hmm. and I'm not maybe they are doing a great job but right. that's not the point it's to be involved and to know what's and going know. on I recommend that tomorrow early in the morning you get involved and you know where the finances are how <laughs> start it's now who's when it starts yes. now and then the second thing is um, your money is your money so you have to be yes. in control of it um, so be in charge of it and as we are inheriting twice, as I said, so your inherited money, especially if you're inherited from your parents, it's yours. Mm-hmm. So you have to plan and manage it according to that. Right. Um, not to mix it, maybe. It, it depends on every it family. It depends on the has, situation in exactly, the family. Exactly. Yeah. They, yeah. Every family has different dynamics and everything. Yeah. Um, but seeing the divorce ratio in North America um, reaching... It was, I think the statistics was in 2008, it was projected at that time that 40% of all the marriages will end up with a divorce mm-hmm. within the 30 years of the marriage. Yes. So I think this number is now maybe 50. It's closer to 50. Yeah. Uh, they predict yeah. that, that yeah. marriages fall apart around yeah. 50%. It's the huge I, I'm, ratio. I'm going to be married 20 years next next Excellent. year. Excellent. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. We're still holding on. But uh, yeah, marriage is challenging. Marriage and marriage in and of itself goes through different transitions. And there are ebbs and flows in the financial health and wealth of the marriage. That financial stress can be one of the number, is the number one cause of, one of the number one causes, there's three, of divorce. Yeah. Right? So financial stress or a lack of alignment on how funds are spent, a lack of alignment on money, and a lack of alignment on the vision of the wealth of the family can cause very big marital problems, especially earlier on. Um, Let's talk a little bit about what would you tell your daughter to do differently in wealth management that you have learned that you wished if you could reverse the clock. (laughs) So what would you tell her in terms of her management of her wealth? Um, Actually, this new generation now, um, maybe do you want me to talk about this, the the last wave of feminism, they say the fourth wave. Yeah, the fourth wave, sure. The fourth wave is Mm -hmm. about um, empowering women, Yes. uh, because empowered women, especially financially, with Mm -hmm. financial literacy, empowered women, um, will raise empowered children. Uh, and I think it's so important. So when I see myself, how I will raise my daughter and what will be the advice, um, because she's, I'm, I'm hoping that she will continue with her education and will do the high level and everything and will be working yes. uh, and making money. So when you make your own money, you have to invest yourself. Yes. Um, then it must be her discretion either to do something jointly when she has a partner or, you know, set up it together and either a business or buying a house or whatever, mm-hmm. it's their joint decision. But she should be able to play a major role in yes. those decisions, especially about her part. Yes. I think this is important. And also plan well for the future. It's no, it's never too early. 
Yes. Whenever you start making your first dollars, you can start saving. So this is what I'm, at least at this age, I'm trying to, to educate her edu- on. The budgeting. Yeah. How do you make a budget? Yeah. And how do you save um, among that? You know, how do you save? And you, you touched on a very important point because many women were not raised on understanding how to make a budget mm-hmm. and how to save and all of those things. A lot of women were, it, you know, however their parents did it, they observed their parents and then they decided, okay, that's how you do it, whether the parents were right or wrong. So I think it needs to be a level of consciousness, which is what we talked about. Is like you raise the level of awareness of girls, women, young women, and, and whatever age they're in. You raise that level of consciousness, you're actually empowering them to be, you know, you lift that. You lift the, the family, you lift the community. And I think it's really important because this fourth wave of, of feminism is about empowerment. And I want to say empowering women is not to disempower men. Sure. And there was this misnomer, and Mm -hmm. and this is my opinion, and I'm not going to lay that on you, but there was a misnomer that the empowered feminist is, you know, they're man haters, Mm -hmm. they're, you know, Mm -hmm. anti men. And that's not at all what I think this next generation of feminism is about. It's about when women rise, everybody rises, communities rise the world literally becomes better because empowered women raise empowered boys. They raise exactly. empowered sons and their husbands are happier. Exactly. So they're excited because they have a partnership that is, you know, moving forward towards a larger goal. And I think that's really important. Um, at least for I me, it is. I completely agree. I completely agree. This feminism concept, I think quite misused or mm-hmm. misunderstood. And when you empower, when you raise empowered sons, then they become empowered husbands. It's yes. so critical yes. to change all those misconceptions and everything. I totally agree. And I am thinking that we are at the right uh, stage of feminism, which is empowerment. Mm-hmm. I think this is what the whole Agreed. world needs. Yes, I agree. I agree. In politics, in mm-hmm. leadership, in you look at, at some of the things in the, the, way, the areas where there might be some crises... You know, having women and men work together to -hmm. solve those Mm -hmm. problems Mm -hmm. is really what I think is important. And having women and men work together on a financial future is important. Whether you're married or divorced, if you have children and you're raising your children as a divorced couple, you're still raising your children and your family, being willing to talk about that wealth and being willing to talk about those that family future is also another critical critical point. I have. Because of all those years, I have seen so many cases. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I do a little storytelling, will be. We, we're going to run out of yeah. Okay. We're going to run out of time, okay. but okay. Um, I would like to give next only... time. <laughs> Just <laughs> do a quick one. Yeah, very very quick one. Um, I've seen um, cases where you know the husband and wife happily married for so many years, and after a while, without the knowledge of the wife, husband becomes uh, a gambler. Mm. Yes. And then, you know, so many things happened and the, the family lost the wealth and everything. Yes. Uh, so that was so sad. This is one of the stories. Um, the other story was about um, a woman who inherited quite lump sum money from uh, her own family. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, her husband's job needed this, you know, capital injection. 
she just gave the money. She didn't do it properly. It's yeah. I'm not criticizing that she gave the money, right. of course. But everything can be done with this legal perspective that she get her shares under her yes. name and everything. She didn't do that. Yes, protecting herself. She didn't protect herself. She mm-hmm. trusted her husband, which is great. It's not that trusting. It's that great until it, it falls apart. Exactly. <laughs> and when you want to do it properly, it's not that you don't trust that person. It's right. just the it's procedural. Well, it's business. Business, exactly. But after a while, um, the husband then decided to divorce <laughs> and because he had another um, person, person yeah. in his life. And then the wife, because she gave it to him, she cannot take it back or claim that, that money anymore. It's wow. gone. Yeah. And now, under her condition, and, and he arranged everything so properly it's happened so much that he has nothing now mm-hmm. she has nothing now so this is um a sad one the other one that so I, yeah. point all of our listeners who are listening protect yeah. yourself and and i think shelly in our last women in transition yeah. podcast talked about that yes. put it yes. legally down talk to advisors don't yeah. do those decisions on your own and it's not that your marriage is necessarily going to fall apart or your husband's going to lose everything it's that you need to know and it's and not you that you don't know. trust. No. You start a relationship with full trust. Otherwise, right. you don't start. This right. is not questionable. Yeah. And the other thing, I, another story, I think this is very important. Um, everything might work well. You can yes. have the best husband who knows the best investments and everything. And I have such a case. Um, the husband was uh, one of the very successful CEOs of one of the biggest companies. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he was managing everything and the wife was so you know with peace of mind because he was doing a great job and um, he was writing derivatives mm-hmm. derivative contracts yes and then uh, it was the startup alzheimer but nobody noticed it with yeah. him and it quickly you know the level of alzheimer yeah. increased and everything and then by the time they found out that he's having alzheimer's then the wife had to deal with the the health issues, yes. putting him properly in the right care, increased costs and everything. By the time she found out about how the He'd money managed, the exactly, and then because he was lo- he was doing all those uh, writing all those contracts and forgetting about them, rewriting or not executing them. By the time that the wife found out where the money is, how it's managed and everything, she found out that two thirds of the wealth is lost. Wow. So those are all. Real life situations Real life. that happen. Yeah. 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 It's important. And I think, thank you so much for being with us today and for kind of My sharing pleasure. all of your experiences and your own personal journey um, and the kinds of transitions that women go through. And uh, I advise anybody who's listening to this, please reach out and, and speak with Sibel. She's happy to talk to you and walk you through her wealth management process. It's an extraordinary 10 step program and it will literally transform how you view your own wealth and give you peace of mind and ease. So thank you again for being I with thank us. Thank you. Thank best you. of luck. Thank you for having me.